In case you missed the big announcement on last week's episode, Themis Bar Review is now the official season sponsor for Legally NYC. You may be thinking, why is a bar review company sponsoring a podcast that is focused on law school life? Well, the easy answer is that Themis is so much more than just bar prep. Their resources for law school are second to none, not to mention they are free. They have law school essentials courses for 1Ls and for those in their 2L or 3L years. Each course features online videos, comprehensive outlines, and even practice questions so you can test your knowledge before it's tested on your final exams and eventually on the bar exam. If you haven't seen a Themis attorney rep on your campus and are looking for free law school essentials materials, sign up for it at themisbarsocial.com slash legally NYC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Legally NYC. This is your host, Erin. We have another great episode for you today, and we have a guest joining us again. Our guest today is from Themis, who is our sponsor. So if you pay attention to our sponsorship at the beginning, we have a guest from Themis today. So this is Rebecca, everybody. You want to say hi? Yeah. Hi, everybody. I am glad to be here. I am a Themis director, so I work in law schools, but I also work with students while they're studying for the bar exam. So I am an expert in Themis's products. I used it myself when I was in law school, studied for the bar with them, and now have been working with students for oh, more than five years. So I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. And that's why we have Rebecca with us here today to kind of talk through Themis's, um products and resources that they have, especially to help start preparing for finals. Since at this yeah. point, I realized just yesterday or two days ago, actually, that finals are like less than a month away at this point for me. So um, it's that time of year where we start deep diving in. So we have to take advantage of all of the resources. So Rebecca is here today to help us out with that and see what we can use from Themis. Definitely. We have a lot of stuff to go through today. So <laughs> yes. Before we dive into that, which will be like the main part of the episode, um, we're just going to go over a little bit of like what Themis is and like all of the products it has in general. So not just what you can use now for finals, but like kind of looking ahead for like MPRE, bar prep, all that fun stuff and kind of how you can like use Themis throughout your time in law school. 
Um, so I guess we'll start with that, Rebecca. Do you want to tell us a little bit about just an overview of all of Themis's products and resources? Absolutely. So we have quite a few things in our treasure chest of resources. Um, and the only thing that we charge any money for, to be super clear, is our bar review course. So everything that I'm about to talk about, besides the bar review course itself, is completely free and is not a commitment-based thing. Like you are not locking yourself into using Themis to use our free resources. Just want to throw that out at the beginning because I get that question all the time. So we have our law school essentials courses, which are for 1Ls. And then we have a 2L, 3L version of the same thing. It's video lectures, outlines, practice questions, and practice essays for all the first year bar tested courses. And then a handful of the upper level bar tested courses. And then on top of that, we have a completely free comprehensive MPRE course. So that's going to take you through everything that you need to know to pass the MPRE. And that's whether or not you've taken professional responsibility yet or whatever the equivalent of that is at your law school. And then of course we have our bar review course, which is a full service bar review course that gives you everything and then some that you need to study for the bar exam, practice questions, licensed practice questions, et cetera. We'll get more into the details of that later, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's amazing. So that's one of the things that I love about um, Themis because you have like your resources for in school and then MPRE when you can kind of like test out what the like test prep resource feels like to see if it might be a bar prep program that might be good for you based on like how it's structured and such that you get to try all that out for free before like committing to the bar review program to really be like, this is the one for me. I think this is going to work. Um, so we love that and definitely take advantage of it, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Getting your bar prep is such a huge commitment, right? Like you're thinking about when you're in law school and you're thinking about that, you're like, what is the financial commitment? That's the main thing that people think about, but there's also the time commitment that you're putting into studying for the bar exam. And then all of the other money and stuff that goes into studying, So you want to do everything that you can to make the right choice for you as the student and make sure that you resonate with the way that the material is presented to you and that you like the professors and you like the way the interface is set up because you don't want to have to do it again (laughs) if you can help it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely not. Bar, oh my God, the bar exam is something that you want to do like one and done. You want to get that right the first time because the prep like takes months and then the exam itself is stressful. You don't yeah. want to have to go through that again. It's like it's like the LSAT on steroids. <laughs> it is. It is. And of course, to be super clear, there is no shame in not passing the bar exam. Yeah. A lot of very, very, very smart and dedicated and competent people are unsuccessful the first time. But doing your research and making sure that you're picking a course that is the most resonant with your learning style and your needs as a student is going to be your best chance at success the first time so that you don't have to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. No shame in not passing, but you personally will not want to take it again once you've done it once. So you want to do the most you can ahead of time to prepare so you don't have to put yourself through that again. But if you do, you can come back and Themis will help you again. Yeah, with our free repeat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And how does that work exactly with the free repeat? So is it just if you don't pass, you just get to retake the course? Do you have to like... Yeah why again? How does that kind of work? But yeah, we we request a proof of your unsuccessful attempt or some reasoning behind why you didn't sit for the bar exam. And that's it. 
There's no completion requirement. You don't have to answer a certain number of questions, get through a certain percentage of the course, anything like that. You will get a free repeat with us. That's it. Yeah, that's amazing. We love that. That's also just a great thing to have just in case like we don't want to have to retake the exam. But if we do, we have that to fall back on. Absolutely. Uh, But okay, I feel like that's it for just kind of background of your resources overall. So let's like dive into what we're here for today, which is how to use Themis resources to prepare for final exams as they're coming up and to make those outlines and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so this is free resources are available to anybody who's in law school. And honestly, if you are a pre-law student and you want to check them out, you can make an account too and check them out. They are available. So they are outlines, video lectures, practice questions, and practice essays for all the first-year bar-tested courses, a handful of upper-level bar-tested courses, like I already said. That sounds like maybe like a lot of information and where do I even start, right? But there are many different ways to utilize those free resources. And that's going to depend heavily on how you as a student like to study, what you need to make sure that you are getting the most retention and ability to process and synthesize the material so that you can successfully take your exams. So I'll start with talking about the outlines. Our outlines are comprehensive outlines. They are big. They are taking you through every single thing that is in that class. And to be clear, the law that you're learning is the same regardless of what law school you're at, who's teaching it. And so these are commercial outlines designed to supplement what you're learning in class. They are very, very helpful for purposes of building your own outlines, making sure that you aren't missing any key concepts in your outlines. And then to go back and to work backwards from to say, okay, well, I you know, I'm I'm not following this when I'm seeing it on the outline. So what do I need to go to make sure that I understand this concept? They are really, really, really helpful material. The next thing that I think is one of our like most effective parts of our free resources are the lecture videos. So these are short segments. They are going to break down, again, a key concept of that subject that you're talking about in a way that makes it a little bit easier to digest because you've already learned this law in your course, or maybe you did it. Maybe you missed that day, whatever, but this is designed to be a review for you. And a lot of times hearing the same law explained by a professor, that it's not the one that you sit and listen to every single day or three days a week, whatever it is, can be a really helpful way to jumpstart that connection of like, Oh, I actually like grasp this concept now because I've heard it explained to me in multiple different ways. The practice questions are going to give you an idea of, you know, where am I with my understanding of the law at this point? And then the practice essays are going to be the thing that helps you prepare most for the finals themselves, right? Like what you're actually going to see on that final exam. Of course, they're not going to be an exact replica because every professor writes their own exams, et cetera, but it's a good way to practice. Okay, here is a question 
here is a block of text that's giving me information about this thing. How would I answer that? How would I go through this problem? And really make yourself think about that before you sit down and actually take the exam. They also all come with sample answers. So you can review and make sure that you're like, oh, I missed that. Like I need to go back and review that concept because that didn't even register to me when I was issue spotting. Yeah, kind of going off of that and like how you mentioned, like every professor is different. Um, I know I have most professors give you at least like one past exam or one um, practice exam that they wrote up, but some of them only give one and you want to be able to like kind of practice your skills more and more and like do that issue spotting. So having um, those practice questions from something like Themis where you can be like, oh, so I've seen what my professor's exam looks like, but now there's just like more material I can use to practice um, because some of them really only give one exam and you're like, well, the exam still isn't for two weeks, but like I want to do a couple practice questions, like really get my mind into we'll say torts, get really into the torts mindset. And yeah. you just need more of those kind of prompts to look through and like work on your issue spotting because it gets easier the more you do it. Just kind Absolutely. of all that. Yeah. Yeah. Exposure to the material and thinking about it in the context of not just this individual concept, but how all the concepts tie together. That's really one of the main keys to studying for your exams and for the bar exam, mm -hmm. um, which tends to not come until a little bit later in the study process because you have to you have to learn the law first, right? So that's kind of why all of these things, they work together. You can use them in their disparate parts, but they really do all kind of create this cohesive mm -hmm. program, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I just had a thought. I'm trying to remember what it is. Oh, back um, about the lecture videos that you mentioned. Yeah. I myself, I always tell people that I didn't know what was going on in CivPro until like a week before the exam. And then I started watching lecture videos to kind of reteach myself what yeah. I had heard talked about in class, what I've read about, because so many things, especially as a 1L, I feel like go right over your head. Because you're just getting all of this new information thrown at you. So you can't like possibly absorb it all properly the first time. So you have all of these pieces in your head. So then once you have it all there at the end of the semester, if you go back then and watch a lecture video, um, that's about maybe like the first or second lesson you did in class. When you hear it again that time, you're like, oh, wait, this makes sense now that we've gone through all these things. And I understand like the background of the law and the purpose of it. So um, lecture videos are my favorite recommendation for people when they're lost in a class. Yeah, I love the lecture videos. And I actually completely forgot to talk about our key concept sheets, which are part of the Law School Essentials courses yeah, as well. Yeah, we have the big outlines that I talked about. We also have key concept sheets, which are more along the lines of an attack outline kind of vibe where you are getting like the literal key concepts of that subject in a shorter form that you can then use to say, okay, like I definitely am, I'm good here, right? But I am not so good here. And then you can go back to all of those other resources, the lecture videos, the big outlines, et cetera, and really hone in on strengths and weaknesses so that you are walking into that exam as prepared as possible. Yeah. And I feel like it's a good time right now being about like three or so weeks out from finals for most people to kind of look at those key concept sheets and see what it is that you're totally lost on. Because right now is when you have that time to go back and start yeah. kind of rewatching and rereading and looking through outlines to pull everything together. Um, totally. 
So definitely a good time to start doing that for those of you that feel completely lost in a class. You're not alone. Lots of people are at this point in the semester. Um, yes. And Themis has these um, essentials courses for like every basic course, correct? So like Torts, Cipro. Yes. So it's all of your first year bar tested courses. So you're going to have contracts, property, et cetera, all those. And then there's a handful of upper level courses as well. So BA, wills and trusts, there's a couple other ones in there too. So it's not everything, but it is a lot of the courses that are bar tested, which is really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when I looked through, it did have every single 1L course that I did. Yeah. Though it doesn't have, um, I'm taking weird courses this semester, so none of mine are in there, but ones that I'm looking to take next semester are as a 2L, but as a 1L, like every course that you have to take, they're all in there. Um, So definitely, definitely take a look through that. And if they have your course there, use those resources. There's Um, also writing skills workshops and other valuable things for 1Ls too, talking about how to outline, how to brief a case, stuff like that, which... For those 1Ls who are coming up on the beginning or the end of their first semester, you know, you should know how to brief a case at this point. But um, if you need a refresher, it is in there. Never hurts to have a refresher. Um, You mentioning 1Ls reminds me that I kind of want to go in specifically to um, kind of where should a 1L that feels completely lost, like start? What do you think the best thing is to start with maybe that like major like key concept sheet? If this is your first time preparing for finals, you're looking at all these resources, you have maybe some um, outlines from like past students, you have practice questions from your professors, and then you have all these commercial resources. Where is a good place to start if you're like, well, I maybe didn't prepare as much as I wanted to at this point. And now I'm like, oh, finals are a month away. What can I do to prepare myself in this month? Where do I start? Where do I end? What does the middle look like? What's the best approach to get everything covered that I need to do before finals come? Yeah, 1L is 1L is something, right? You're getting <laughs> so many things. And I was, I was a very lost 1L when I was studying for mm-hmm. my first set of finals. I did not know what to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And looking back, these this is what I would have done. And I think that this is a good starting point for anybody who's like, where can I even like dip my toe in the water of getting ready for these exams? Because law school exams are unlike anything that most of us have ever experienced before. Mm -hmm. It's totally normal to be like, how do I possibly synthesize an entire class into a three hour exam? How? Right. I mean, even now I'm like, I'm not sure how we all did that (laughs) over and over and over again. Right. But where I would start is definitely collecting any resources that you can from former students or current students, but students of that class that have already gone through it, getting outlines, seeing what people, what people put together. Mm -hmm. I think also the commercial outlines from Themis are a really great starting point because you can make sure that nothing is missing. Like I mentioned before from, because every outline that you're getting from a former student is an outline that a, a human like person who is working their way through this class created, right? So using that, which will be reflective of what your professor taught or is teaching or, you know, what concepts are most important to that professor. And then using a commercial outline to make sure that you are getting every sort of concept that's available to you in that course, just so that you at least have exposed yourself to all the potential material. 
I also think a starting point, like something to do towards the very beginning of your process is to assess how do I learn best? This is what I tell to students who are studying for the MPRE, studying for the bar, studying for anything. What is your preferred method of getting information to actively stick in your head? Those are the methods that you should be using now and you should be honing them now so that they're ready for you when you are studying for the bar exam. Because the bar exam is like taking 18 law school finals at once. <laughs> yeah, scary stuff. <laughs> you know, though, it is it is scary and I personally don't want to do it again, but <laughs> it's not, if you prepare properly, it's not as bad as it sounds. Yeah. It's like scary from the outside when you're just like, oh, I have to prepare for this. But then if you prepare well, then you're like, okay, I got this. Think of the feeling that you had when you were coming up on your first set of 1L finals Mm -hmm. that like, I am stepping into completely unfamiliar territory. I am not confident that I know what sitting for this exam is going to feel like, how my brain is going to operate during it, et cetera. Same idea for the bar exam. You are stepping into a completely unfamiliar zone of your educational experience. Mm -hmm. And that I think is more of a stressor than anything else. The actual material that you're learning for the bar, we're getting a little off topic, but I think this is important. I think this is really (laughs) helpful for students. The material that you're learning for the bar exam is on its face, other than, you know, a handful of concepts that are notoriously really challenging it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. It's the volume. It's the time frame in which you're operating. It is the expectation that you are sitting for a two-day, 12 hours of testing exam mm-hmm. or more if you're in a state-specific state. When I took the Ohio bar, it was three days. <laughs> was oh rough. my God. <laughs> yeah, we had a third day, half day of six more essays. Oh my <laughs> So that part, that's the part that's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. But the actual material itself is not as bad as it sounds. And so setting yourself up for success by assessing now or at the beginning of your bar exam study period, how do I learn? What methods have been most effective for me? What exams in law school did I perform the highest on? Mm -hmm. Or that I felt like I understood the most amount of the material? Mm -hmm. And then taking those like tidbits of information and putting them together into a study plan for yourself. Of course, using Themis, your Themis course is going to take you through the material in a way that makes sense, but you have the opportunity to make that make even more sense for you by focusing on the study tactics and processes and little things too, that don't seem like they'd be that important. Making sure you have a space that you like to study in, Mm -hmm. making sure that that space stays like tidy so that you sit down every day and you are like, in study mode immediately or whatever, right? Those sorts of little things. Um, so now that I got very tangential on that one, we'll go back to studying for what else. Yes. <laughs> Outlines, making sure that you are assessing your study tactics and starting from there saying, okay, I definitely am a person who learns from taking information from a lot of different places and putting it into one document. Okay, then you're going to outline. Then you're going to build your own outline. using all of the resources that you have. Building outlines doesn't necessarily work for every student though. I wasn't an outline builder. I used a lot of different things that people had done before and commercial outlines, et cetera, but I wasn't an outline builder. I was more of a go through the material and make sure I'm writing down by hand 
things that okay. are not sticking for me. And that's a tactic that a lot of people use on the bar that works. It worked very well for me on the bar too. Yeah. And focusing on the things that I didn't understand and exposing myself to hypos through like examples and explanations books and stuff like that. So you kind of have to take what's going to work for you and then use the tools at your disposal to fit into that framework. Mm-hmm. We'll just go with the outline builder example as I feel like that's what a lot of people do. So yeah. you're an outline builder. You're going to take all the outlines that you have from former students. You're going to take your commercial outlines. You're going to take your class notes. You're going to take any other stuff that you have related to that course. And you are going to create a skeleton of all of the concepts that you're responsible for knowing. And then you are going to dig through all of that material and you're going to fill that in. And you're also going to make sure that as soon as you hit a concept that is unfamiliar to you, you're reviewing that right? So this becomes less of a process of like rote typing of stuff and more of a process of what do I know already? What do I need to know? And how do these things all tie together into one cohesive unit, right? Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to kind of talk about and point out because a lot of people kind of look at outlines as, oh, I have to make my outlines, then I can study from it. But making your outline really is the studying because that's when you're going through the material and you having to like pull things together. Like, right. Like, for example, right now I'm working on my environmental law outline. There are no um, outlines from my professor out there because they only teach the course every few years. So there's no recent students that have any. So none of my friends and I can find it. So um, I'm taking what I have, though, like I'm taking his um, course syllabus with all of the topics on it. I'm taking um, the PowerPoints that we have and I'm taking my notes and I'm pulling all of that together. And then as I go, I see what maybe I'm missing and that I have to dig more into. And that is the process of studying rather than thinking, oh, I have to make this so that I can do like 50 practice exams. Like the practice exams are helpful, but you making the outline is a lot of how you learn the material because that's where you find what you're missing And kind of just that is you reviewing, like you're getting all of that into your head as you pull it together into one thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a form of active review, right? Like it's not um, a lot of students think, oh, I just need to read my class notes over and over. And it's like at a certain point when you're reading that material, you just it's the words that you wrote. You're moving through it. Your eyes are, you know, skipping over things like you no longer are actively processing So the outlining process gives you that opportunity to review Mm -hmm. the notes that you already took in a way that makes it more of a hands-on experience. And that's the same thing with flashcards too. People are like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to make flashcards. I'm going to review them a hundred times. The actual process of creating the flashcards is where most of the learning happens. Yes, totally agreed. And all the times that I've made flashcards and like my history of like college through law school, I haven't had time to review them like 50 times like I planned, but I still learned the material because I was taking the time to write it down and condense it into like a couple sentences. So that's really how I learned. Um, I didn't get to review them, so they didn't get used as much as I wanted, but I learned (laughs) it anyway because it was the writing that really got it in my head. Absolutely. And that ties back to that comment I made about handwriting stuff. If you find concepts very, very sticky, writing them down, like verbatim from the outline, forcing your brain to slow down as you handwrite it is for me and for a lot of people that I've talked to a very effective tool. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I have to, as I'm pulling together my outlines, even I have to force myself sometimes to not do a copy paste and actually <laughs> type it out. Um, yeah. So I've been like making myself, I'm only doing the copy paste on like actual like statutes that I just need in there for like sure. reference. But if it's like a concept, I'm making myself type it out. But like uh, the impulse, like to want to just copy paste it is so strong, but you got to avoid it because then you're not learning it. Yeah, well, as law students and lawyers, we have this tendency to get things done very quickly. Uh-huh. Like we want <laughs> that instant gratification of saying, no, look at my big document that I made, right? Yeah. But that serves you no purpose if you mm-hmm. didn't learn it while you were making it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, exactly. And I will say also, um, I have ADHD. And as someone with ADHD, I find that I always want to take the shortcut. So I'm always wanting to copy paste. So I have to really pause and be like, but this isn't going to help me. Like I might get the instant gratification of, oh, look, I just got like a page done in five minutes, but I don't know what's on the page. So um, it's really fighting the impulsive tendencies (laughs) to write it out. But um, yeah, quite funny. Um, But yeah, I forgot. What were you saying before we like we were going through how to kind of jump in as a 1L. Oh, like yeah. And like the pulling it together. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's a really good point for people to kind of like to a holistic view to take while you're studying for any of these exams is like, how do all of these things tie together? And if you can think about it in those terms, that's going to help you understand what you need to learn so much better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because if you don't like see how they tie together, then you have all of these separate concepts. So when you're looking at your exam, then you might be lost because you're like, well, I know this, like this reminds me of this thing, but I don't know how to apply it because I don't know how it kind of comes together into a legal issue. You're just like, oh, this sounds like, I don't know, this type of tort, but what does that mean? Like, what's the answer? Like, what's the problem exactly? What are the like, what's the um, likely legal outcome of it? If you don't know that you might know, oh, it's this type of tort, but why is that a problem? Like, what is the outcome? Um, so, oh my God, the cat, we have had. He will jump on me and claw me <laughs> if I don't let him um, sit on me for a little bit. So he's going to join us for a minute. <laughs> so funny. No, I love that. My dog is sleeping under my desk right now. She's taking a little nap at my feet. I don't know. You might be able to hear him purring in the background of the audio. I'm not sure if that will be a problem. Yeah. I can't hear it. But if we do, honestly, a cat purring is like relaxing. Okay. Not annoying background <laughs> sound. A cat purr is like nice and soothing. <laughs> but um, yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm always getting distracted when I record. So we go off on so many different tangents. But um, The one thing that I wanted to say that I found worked for me because we're talking about like finding what works for you is I seem to learn a lot from listening, um, but not always when I'm sitting in class listening because I can like zone out. And I think this is very ADHD of me to be able to absorb things more if I'm like listening while I'm doing something else. So like when there's like videos, um, like how Themis has the lecture videos, I could like put one of those on while I'm like doing the dishes or something. And then I'm like mindlessly doing the dishes. But for me, that like makes my brain focus more doing something like mindlessly with my hands. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I'm like absorbing the info. So um, just 
try different things, especially as one else and see like what works for you. If you know you're an auditory learner, like listen to the lecture videos while you're like walking to school, while you're doing your dishes, while you're putting your laundry away, like take all those little moments and just listen to things then. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like absolutely. That's- I, this is a tangent I, and I don't want this to be noise in the background, but I think, and I want to double check this, but I'm 90% sure that we have fill the blank lecture handouts in our LSE courses. So I want to double check that because if we do, yeah. I want to talk about those. Yeah. 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 Okay. So for the bar review course, we have fill in the blank lecture handouts that go with every single video lecture. And those are designed to make sure that you're focusing and paying attention while you're listening to the lecture videos. I love so that. <laughs> amazing. They are truly amazing tools. We used to have them in the LSE course, but they're now the key concept sheets, which they're still great to follow along with as you're going through the lectures, but we just don't have the fill in the blank ones. Yeah. I love the fill in the blank. That's going to be so handy because I do need something to make sure I'm paying attention. Yeah. Um, I found that to be a thing for me too, very, very much. Like if I was trying to listen to two hours worth of lectures, you know, in a it's too much. I would zone out. But with those in front of me, like you're not filling in the blank unless you are listening. Exactly. And then it makes you follow along. And then if you realize you missed like four blanks, you're like, oh, like I know I didn't catch that then. So then you know to go back. Um, no, I love that. That'll be so handy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have any other tips for 1Ls and like how to approach finals? Um in terms of studying. And then I want to go kind of a bit into the mindset of finals and how to get yourself there. Yeah. I think in terms of going through the material and making sure that you're set up for success, you need to really, I think the self-awareness of how you learn best is the best place to start. Figuring that out and figuring out what you need so that you don't waste time on concepts that don't not concepts, on study tactics that don't make sense for you. I knew early on that flashcards didn't make sense for me. So why would I spend hours and hours and hours making flashcards that aren't going to serve the purpose that I need them to, right? So if you're not sure where to start, (laughs) figure out what you need to do to memorize the most material as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. and start there. Yeah, I think that's a good tip. And with that, like maybe if you're not sure, like you don't know how you study best, maybe take a couple days of trying different things yeah. and then kind of maybe like test yourself. Like maybe use like a practice question from Themis um, on like a topic that you did and be like, oh, I actually didn't like learn any of this material I thought I learned today. So maybe just take like three days, maybe try out like listening to lecture videos one day, try out like the outlining pulling everything together, the building and outline, try out the flashcards and take those few days to see which one is actually helping you learn so that you're not then wasting like three weeks on a method that you get nothing from. And then it comes around to finals and you're like, well, shoot, that's tomorrow. And I don't know anything about torts. I absolutely agree with that. I think it's not something that a lot of us are taught in college to like self-assess that study, the study patterns and the effective study habits for yourself. So it's not necessarily something that you're going to know. Yeah. And you say it's important to take time to figure it out. Absolutely. And to make sure that you are, and if you figure it out sooner, mm-hmm. you're going to set yourself up for success for the rest of law school. It's something that I wish I had learned my first semester of 1L instead of 
flailing through my 1L finals first semester and then being like, oh, I have to change the entire system. Like I have to, I need a system. I don't have a system. Yeah. What do I do? So if you can take, you know, a couple of days to figure that out now, you're going to be in a much better place than a lot of students are stepping into that first set of exams. Yeah, I agree. I remember my first semester, I built all of my outlines from scratch, like mm-hmm. basically just based off my class notes and our class syllabus. And then um, I learned that that wasn't beneficial for me because then if I was like missing something in my stuff, I was like, okay, well now I've got to like figure out what I'm missing. Like I can tell there's like a hole in here, but I don't know what it is. And I found that using a previous outline from another student and then like using, I would always pick one that's like the shortest one I could find so then I can build my things in between it. Um, And I found that's what worked for me best. So first semester was a little bit of trial and error. And I think it is for a lot of people. Um, But make sure you're trying enough things, at least then, you know, moving forward, like this is what works for me. So you don't have to go through that all over again. And I think going off of that, like once you figure out what works for you, that doesn't mean that you can never adjust that. That doesn't mean you're locked into that for the rest of your time in law school. But that's always going to be a good starting point for you to figure out what you need to do for that particular subject. Yeah, because certain subjects require a little bit of a dip, right? Civ Pro is yeah. a very different thing to study for than con law, mm-hmm. and so you kind of have to say, okay, well, here's my baseline, mm-hmm. and now let me kind of adjust that to yeah. work for the type of subject that we're working with here. Yeah, no, so so true. Um, because just knowing, like, oh, generally, I'm an outline builder, but maybe like you get into one class and you're like, I'm so overwhelmed by the material, like that's not going to work this time. But you know, that's generally how it works, then you can just like, tweak it to what you need. So maybe you need to mix in like, lecture videos with that, or you need to mix in, I don't know, like a podcast on the subject or something. I feel like there's lots of good podcasts out there on con law that can help you kind of pull things together. Um, So kind of taking what you know works and then just tweaking it a little bit as you go, as you need to. Um, Yeah, I feel like that's, I feel like that was a good, good condensed, not even condensed, good conversation (laughs) about what to do if you're a lost one health. Yeah, I think it was good too. I, uh, I feel like it's something I could talk about for hours, literally hours after doing this job for so long. I'm like, oh, here's what I would do if I was in this situation. Here's what I would do if, you know, I had this problem going on or whatever, whatever. So (laughs) trying to condense it all into like 30 minutes (laughs) is actually kind of a challenge. Yeah. It's like when you're building your outline, having to condense it all into one outline, same vibe. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Before we jump into our two little segments we do at the end of every episode, I just want to go through like a little kind of just short conversation about how to get into like the right mindset for finals, which I think is also a conversation that can kind of like tie into bar exam in general. Like it's just exams, like how to get into a good exam mindset and how to kind of like not burn yourself out from studying. Yeah, that's great. That's something that I love to talk to people about is how to not burn yourself out because law school is grueling. There's no way around that. Like, we're not going to sugarcoat it. The bar exam is also grueling. So you have to be already very aware of that walking into this so that you don't hit a wall. I see a lot of students, especially those studying for the bar exam, try to put in 12-hour days. And then four or five weeks into the study process, they're like, I can't even get out of bed. Yeah, I'm just so exhausted, so depressed. 
And we don't want anybody to feel like that. We don't like law student, bar exam studier, MPRE studier. I don't care what stage in the law school process you're at. There is a way through it where you can pace yourself and set yourself up for success. I feel like I've said the phrase set yourself up for success so many times today, but I think that's an accurate representation, mm-hmm. right? You want you want to make sure that you are feeling as comfortable and confident as one can while going through the motions of law school. So that self-assessment that we talked about of your learning style, of your needs, that is a very key part of this so that you're not spending time trying to do stuff that is not beneficial to you. Honing in on this works for me, this doesn't, and I'm going to focus my time and energy on the stuff that works. Very, very important. And this is this applies law school, bar exam, any of it. The other thing that is so key that I see so many law students, myself included, when I was in law school doing is not taking time for the things that bring you joy. And I know like you're like, well, I have to study. Yeah, you have to study. Nobody's pretending like you don't have to study, but you also need to whatever your favorite things to do are, if it's cooking, if it's going to the gym, if it's reading books, right? Yeah, we're reading a lot of case law, but I realized about halfway through law school that I could still read books for pleasure. And it was actually so fun (laughs) Uh compared to trying to put hundreds of pages of case law into Mm -hmm. my brain. You have to do those things. And so finding that balance of, okay, I'm going to spend the first five hours of my Saturday morning studying, but then I'm going to take, I'm going to go out to lunch or I'm going to spend the rest of the evening preparing an elaborate meal. I like to cook. I'm just using that as an example, yeah. but whatever your thing is, if you want to go for a super long walk, go for a run, whatever, do that. Don't feel guilty for doing that because giving your brain time to step back from the studying and to process the information that you've learned and then to come back at it when you're feeling more refreshed after a good night's sleep, hopefully, right? You're going to learn so much more and so much faster than you are trying to slam things into your brain with no breaks. Yeah, that's so true. Because if your brain is burnt out too, that's when you get to like the point of maybe building your outline or watching a lecture video where you're not absorbing any of it. You might be listening, you might be typing, but you're not hearing it. You're not seeing it. It's just happening. It's like through the motions. So you have to come at it with a fresh, not burnt out brain. And building in those breaks for yourself is really important. I am like a late night studier. I've tried so many times to shift my sleep schedule, but I just, I've tried and I am not a morning person. I know that I... (laughs) study better in the afternoon and at night. So my mornings are my time for me. That's when I like to get up. I like to take my nice, long, leisurely walk with my dog. I come home. I have my breakfast. Maybe I do um, a reading I didn't get to do for my class that's in the afternoon. But um, I'm not much of a morning studier. My roommate gets up every day, goes to the gym, goes to school at 1030. And she's like there all day till like 7 p.m. And then she comes home. But um, I am quite the opposite. I need to have my mornings for me. And I think that's also an important thing to assess in yourself is whether you learn better in the morning, the afternoon, night, because our brains are all different. So you might absorb material better at a different time of day. So I wouldn't want to waste time trying to study in the morning when I know I'm not going to take in any of the information. 
So in addition to figuring out your learning style, figuring out what time you learn best is also really, really important. And for you to not be wasting time when you could be using like your mornings as that time for yourself instead of the evening. I think that's huge. I'm so glad that you said that because um, I see on, you know, on TikTok on thing like these people who the goal, the, the aesthetic, like mm-hmm. standard is you're waking up at five in the morning and you are working out at five 30 and you are making breakfast at six 30. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it's 9am, you've already done what a lot of people can only hope to accomplish in a day. Right. Yeah. And that's not, First of all, there we all know, even though it's hard for us to assess that when we're watching mm-hmm. these types of videos, yeah. we all know that that's not those people's reality every single day, mm-hmm. right? And you have to have grace for yourself to know that, okay, that may be like what is getting pushed at me through social media mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever you're seeing on your social media that feels aspirational, that doesn't have to be your goal. What yes. you need to do as the person who is existing in that life every day is figure out what makes me feel good, what makes me get through the things that I need to get through in the day to make sure that I am keeping myself on track to reach the goals that I've set for myself. And that at the end of the day is all that matters. So I love that you talk about that because I can see how it'd be very easy for you to be like, wow, why am I not getting up at six in the morning and going to the gym like my roommate? Like what, what's the issue with me? What am I doing wrong? But instead you're like, no, I like my mornings. Mm -hmm. I want them to be peaceful. I want to settle slowly into the day. I'm the same way. So I like, I love that. (laughs) I want to settle slowly into the day. I don't want to wake up and have my brain be bombarded with a million different things immediately. And that's what works for me. And I am creating a better life for myself by embracing those things rather than fighting against them. So I think I'm so glad that you said that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a good way to say that, like embracing that rather than like fighting against your brain. And um, that's something that I learned a lot once I got diagnosed with ADHD was learning how to work with my brain as opposed to against it, but it really applies to anyone. It's just something that was more like emphasized to me um, from like my therapist and psychiatrist when I got diagnosed because it is like a shift in thinking of being like, oh, that's why my brain works that way. But everybody needs to look at how their brain works. And like, if you're not a 6 a.m. person, don't do that to yourself. Like, I don't know how I made it through high school because like I can't can't get up at 6 a.m. and then be a functioning person. Like I will be walking through the day like a zombie. I sleep until like 8.30 is the earliest I have my alarm go off these days. And even then, like, I don't jump out of bed. That's, like, my time to, like, relax in bed with my puppy, maybe watch some TikToks. And then we get (laughs) up and we take our walk. We have our breakfast. Yeah. like, And I love those aesthetic TikToks that are, like, yeah, like, I get up, I do this. But I hate when they have the timestamps on them like that. Where, like, I woke up at 5.30. I worked out at 6. I took my shower at 6.30. Then I ate my breakfast at 6.45. I'm like, first off, how are you doing that many things in such a short span of time? Um, But I like the aesthetic videos that are just like, this is what my morning looks like. And it just like looks peaceful. They don't have a time. They're just like, I get up. I make my coffee. I take my walk. I feel like those are nice and soothing. But the timestamps, I hate them. I hate the timestamps. And as a person who tried in law school to turn myself into a 6am yoga girly, uh-huh. and I was waking up at 
5.15 in the morning to get to a 6 a.m. yoga (laughs) class. It's still dark out for Mm -hmm. most of the year at that point in time. Um, By the time 7 o'clock p.m. rolled around, I was exhausted Mm -hmm. because I had been up and doing things nonstop for over 12 hours at that point. Like, it's just not... Unless you're somebody that has the ability to go to bed at like 8.30 p.m., which most law students don't. Like, that's not that's not a thing for most people. Like, it's just not a realistic kind of lifestyle. And I think you just, like you said, you got to just figure out what works for your brain. Mm-hmm. Because I tried very hard to push myself into that. I was going like three times a week, waking up super. And I was like, oh, eventually I'll get used to it. And it's like that's what I always no. think. No, I like to get up at seven, but I don't want to have to get out of bed at seven. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the thing too. Just like, don't think like, oh, I, I'm going to wake up at this time and like, I'm going to, so I'm going to start doing things. Like, even if you wake up at that time, if you want to take like an hour or so, like relax, chill, like, I don't know. I feel like the major theme of this episode is find the study method and the study time that works for you. Yeah. That like kind of goes right with all of the themis resources because there's so many different things it's finding what works for you and in what ways it can be helpful to you absolutely lifestyle stuff too right like make your life mm-hmm. work for you within whatever constraints you have to abide by of yeah. course right i'm not encouraging people to be like oh i don't want to get up at 7 so i'm going to skip my 8am class like oh don't, don't do that, that. that doesn't <laughs> don't help do that. <laughs> no that's not helpful at all but in places where you're able to give yourself that flexibility to create a schedule and a a plan that works for you, do it. Embrace that. Absolutely. Okay. Do you have any last thoughts on all of this? Otherwise we'll do our two little segments we do at the end. I think the last thing I will say is just that the famous resources, when you first get into them may seem a little overwhelming because there's a lot in there. And I just want to encourage you to check them out and find the things in there that resonate with you as the student. You may not want to answer any of those multiple choice questions and that's fine. You may want to go into those resources and only watch lecture videos and touch nothing else. That's fine. No one is going to come and say you didn't do the lectures or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So use the things that are helpful to you following the theme of this episode, like use the things that are helpful to you and nothing else. I love that. I think that's a great way to wrap that up. (laughs) Okay, so we'll dive into our two little segments then. So the first one being the how to be a better person segment. So for those of you that haven't listened for Rebecca, this is a tip of something good we can do this week, whether it's something just like nice to do for a person, a cause to donate to, something you can volunteer for, a sustainability tip, whatever you're thinking, whatever's on your mind. (laughs) I love that. I'm trying to think. I know. I'm trying to think now too. I always know that this is coming and I always forget to come up with one before I start recording. (laughs) Yeah. I read this when you sent it to me on Friday or whatever. And I was like, oh, I need to think about that. And then I, and then, yeah. And I always forget. I did the same thing when I sent it to you. I was like, oh, I got to get one of those in my brain. Let's see. Um, So I would say if you are interested in not only getting a little bit more involved with the legal aspect of 
the world and the communities around you, you could consider getting involved with grassroots political organizations, because I think that those are really impactful ways for you to make change in your community in the places that are going to be really the things that will affect you very much and the people around you that you love and want to, to feel good in this world. Yeah. That's such a good one, especially because like grassroots organizations usually like they're kind of like local, like state issues or just like small groups. And like, you can always like donate to the big, like national and international things, but like kind of like a grassroots one, a lot of times you can see like more nearby how it has an effect and who it's um, working to help. So I love that one. Um, And while you were talking, I did think of one. Um, (laughs) So last week, my school Cardozo actually was doing, they did both a blood drive and a bone marrow registry um, day. So um, I myself am actually too small to donate blood, but I did sign up for the bone marrow or no, it was um, stem cells, stem cells. I think it comes from your bone marrow though. It was stem cell donations. And I did sign up for that registry um, in case I gain like 20 pounds or really just like 10 pounds. I'm like so close to like the cutoff. (laughs) It's like, there's a certain like weight that you have to be over to donate. And I'm like close to it, but not quite there. But um, so I did get my little cheek swabs and now I'm in their system. Um, And that's just something you can do. Stem cells are life-saving. There is actually apparently a blood shortage right now, at least in New York City. I've seen signs quite a few places, a lot of blood drives going on. So if you're you're in New York and you can donate blood, that's a good thing. Go out there, do that. It's easy. You just sit down. They'll give you snacks and like lollipops and stuff to thank you. And um, you could have just saved someone's life that needed blood. So I think that's great. I've donated blood many times in my life. I think that is a really important part part of, again, being involved in your community, right? That's going to be somewhere probably local and like a local hospital or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And the bone or the stem cell thing, I guess it's like really hard to find a match for that type of thing. So just like the more people that get in the registry, the better, because like stem cells, since they can be like transformed into so many things, I am by no means a scientist. I don't really know how they work, <laughs> but um, they can help in so many different ways and they can save people that have like blood cancers and stuff. So just like getting that out there, you can just, you can save a life by putting yourself in that registry and being open to donating stem cells. That's incredible. I didn't know you could get on a stem cell registry. That's news yeah, to me. I didn't know either until it was at my school last week. And I was like, oh, what's this? I went over because they had like free pens and stickers. That's, yeah. that's what draws me in. Um, and then <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Swab my cheek. Go ahead. <laughs> so cool. Um, okay. And then our other little ending segment that we always do, it's usually a fun thing to do. I either go by season or location. But since it's like getting into the colder fall right now, getting closer to winter, what is a recommendation of a fun like late fall winter activity that you like to do? I love winter hiking. Okay. You're a hiker. No hikes. I love to hike. Yes, I love it. And um, we have shot surprisingly, people do not believe me when I tell them this, but we have really wonderful hiking trails around Cleveland. Like wonderful. There's like 20. 5,000 acres of metro parks in Cuyahoga County alone. So it's really cool. And when it snows, it is so beautiful to get out. And it really makes you less annoyed about winter. Like, of course, you're bundling up, you're freezing at the end, you need a warm beverage. But 
it is such a lovely way to go out and appreciate mm-hmm. a season that is often one that makes people just really cranky and complain all the time. Yeah. I love that. That's so cute. I was going to do um, like a similar one of like a fun activity you can do outside to like, yeah. hate. I wasn't thinking to hate the cold less, but it does make me hate it less that there's fun things you can do in it. Um, yeah. I was going to say, if you're in New York City, go ice skating or anywhere else. But yes. in New York, there's so many locations. You can go to Bryant Park. You can go to Central Park. You can go to Rockefeller Center. Um, and it's really, it's not that expensive if you go in like an off-peak time. When you like sign up for time slots, the um, pricing is based on time of day. And the cheapest time of day at Bryant Park, which is also where the big like holiday market is in the city with all the fun little pop-up shops, which is yeah. super cute to walk through. The cheapest time of day, day of the week, is only $15 to go oh, ice skating. And that's like for the skate rental. Like the skating is free. So you're just paying 15 for your skate rental. It comes with free um, shoe check because they don't want people bringing bags on the ice holding shoes. Um, um, so that's my tip. And then I'm also going to throw in this um, holiday like rom-com book that I just, I was going to say read, but I listened to it. It was an audio book. Um, it's called In a Holidays. It's by... Christina Lauren and um it's just a super cute cozy winter book um and it's like in a cabin for the holidays so it's like the same vibe just like the good like cozy but also outdoor vibes like they're going sledding and stuff and it just I don't know when you make winter cute you hate it less and I am a winter hater I'm not gonna lie I hate hate the winter I hate the cold but then I read things like that and I'm like oh I want to be at like a little cabin in the winter with like my family and friends and like doing all these fun activities. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it makes it better, but I'm a winter hater. (laughs) I feel like I'm a winter, like I love the winter until like late January. And then at that point I am so tired of cleaning snow off my car. Mm -hmm. I am so tired of looking at gray. Yes. (laughs) And this is only going to resonate to people in the United States who are listening to this who have winter because there's so much of the country that like doesn't experience this. But mm-hmm. if you are not someone from a community that exists in a winter area, mm-hmm. you will never feel the struggle of like February 15th, gray piles of snow so in parking lots. <laughs> dirty, yes, the dirty snow piles in parking lots because the sun hasn't been out warm enough to melt the snow in like months so you just have these giant piles of snow that maybe one day it'll be a little sunny and it gets a little shorter but then so long yeah and then there's a snowstorm again and then it just it just oh my god and it's gray because it's dirty it's like mixed with dirt and salt and stuff oh i hate it and new york gross the first couple times it snows you're like oh this is so pretty it's fluffy and then you start getting the pile up all around the city and you're like this is disgusting yeah um, we get that too. it's bad yeah so um i'm a winter hater but i'm working on it this year i'm trying to appreciate the winter activities a bit more the winter rom-com books you know we're doing what we can to hate it less bundle up get yourself a hot apple cider or yes. something after you come in from the cold mm-hmm. and just embrace the cozy too, right? Yes. Like embrace sitting on the couch and reading books. Mm-hmm. Also for the record, listening to audiobooks absolutely counts. Yeah. I feel like you were like careful to be like, well, actually listen to it. Who cares? Yeah. You read the book. <laughs> I've never been an audiobook girl though, but I just like, I've been like having trouble falling asleep, but I can't listen to music because then I'm like too busy bopping to it. Yeah. So I was like, let me try 
audiobooks. And then I was like, this is kind of nice. So I listened to this book once, like while I was awake, like throughout like a few days. But then I've just been like putting it back on again as I'm falling asleep. And I'm like, it's just like a cozy thing to fall asleep to. That's adorable. Um, so I love it. So I'm now an audiobook girl. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to get there too. As an avid reader, I was like, why would I want to listen? Yeah. Like, I'm like, then it's like, but I love podcasts. So it makes so much too. sense to me, mm-hmm. to like audiobooks. So I'm happy I gave them a chance. <laughs> yeah, me too. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is the episode, everyone. Thank you so much for coming on today, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. This was a pleasure. And I also want to make sure that everybody knows that they can reach out on our social media. Yeah. I was going to ask, where is Themis on social media? At Themis Bar on all of the platforms. So TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, I might be missing Twitter. You can find us there. You can send us a DM. I run our social media actually. So I will probably be the person to see your message. So feel free. Let us know if you have any questions. Yes, you guys can go on social media, chat with Rebecca about your questions. And um, you can find us at Legally NYC on TikTok, Instagram, or um, my own account, Erin.Lindsay13, TikTok and Instagram. And email me if you have questions, things that you want on the podcast, topics, questions you have for next time we have a Themis rep on. Might be Rebecca again, not sure at this point, but we'll have another Themis episode in the spring. Um, probably geared more towards bar prep, maybe MPRE, um, if we do it before the MPRE exam as well. Um, so get ready for that. Let us know about any questions you have for that episode. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube. Sometimes I post when the videos go up on YouTube. It's not always. You can rate, review, follow, subscribe, whatever all those things are. And let us know what you thought of the episode. Definitely. All right. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.